This is Contra Radio from Contra.Scot. Greetings, dear congregants, to the Sunday Salmon with me, David Jameson. I have, as perhaps we all do, a foggy memory of lockdown. Days, weeks and months rolled into one. There are few distinctive features in the landscape. But it wasn't just the restrictions on our movement, the lack of social interaction, or the physical enclosure that dulls recollection. It is also the unreality of the social-psychological state these conditions helped induce. In Scotland, lockdown was the penultimate link in a sequence that produced a profound meltdown among Scotland's liberal professionals. This class, who dominate public life, were perhaps evincing a delayed reaction, finally demonstrating the frenetic mood that had contaminated their siblings in much of the Anglophone world in 2016. The twin shocks of Brexit and Trump, so disorientating to people who had come to assume a certain stability in the structure of politics, was partially displaced from Scotland by our own national drama after 2014. Nicholas Sturgeon, the colossus of Scottish politics, rode these shockwaves and convinced a layer of the middle classes that Scotland could be made immune to the changes gripping the world system, if only we trusted her. Sturgeon was the anti-Brexit, anti-Trump, anti-Boris hero Liberal Scotland wanted, and what they got. It wasn't only that Sturgeon was the perfect avatar, her audience willed the avatar into existence. She came to embody the hopes of a return to certainty, stability in troubled times, sense in a senseless era. And when Salmon stood in her way, his real status as former First Minister and as mentor to Sturgeon herself was forgotten. If he was now the anti-Sturgeon, he must too join the rogues gallery with Trump, Johnson, Farage and especially after the 2022 invasion of Ukraine, Vladimir Putin. Sturgeon swept all opposition in this period in three elections which were as forgone as any in British politics have ever been. Her SNP won 48 Scottish seats in the 2019 general election, stormed the 2021 elections after 14 years in office and won the 2022 local elections just as handedly. Through much of this period, support for independence peaked in the polls, and with each great leap, Sturgeon was vaulting towards her own downfall and the implosion of the SNP. The parasocial hysteria surrounding Sturgeon in these years was intense. Denunciations of the few who maintained public criticism reached a new frenzy. What shocked me most was not the partisan SNP posters or the phalanx of party careerists. They were behaving as you might expect. The disconcerting thing was the wider non-SNP civil society, who came to identify their own governing liberal ethos with the long-time dominant party, and, most of all, with the person of Sturgeon. Journalists, academics and the leaders of NGOs all hugged closer to the administration. At the height of the hysteria, It wasn't uncommon to see Green and Labour Party activists or would-be radical leftist academics make gamely defences of Sturgeon. In the latter cases, hatred of the culture war enemy smoothed differences over trifling matters like class and poverty, war and peace. This tide of conformity was, on the face of it, odd. 
Sturgeon had failed to protect Scotland's place in the EU, as she had sworn to do. The case for independence presented in the 2014 White Paper on Scotland was thus shredded. No amount of polling changed the fact that there was no road to independence, as numerous Westminster snubs proved with noisy candour. The SNP itself was more hollowed out, more centralised around the cult of command at its apex than ever. The party itself was experiencing a damaging split with long-lasting implications. The stage was being set for the catastrophe of 2023. For those with the presence of mind to recognise it, all was not well with the Covid regime either. You'd expect me to note that I warned of the lack of a paper trail explaining decision-making in the Scottish Government at the time. In June of 2020, I reported that, quotes, no written advice from chief advisers was received by the Scottish Government on how to handle the pandemic for the opening weeks of the crisis. It was at this time that I began to wonder if politics was even possible any longer, if people had replaced all calculation of rights, interests, progress, freedoms, with avatars in a juvenile morality play, then what was left to work with? Perhaps this was another symptom of lockdown, my own confused association, which we are all wont to make, between the peculiar world of media's new and old and the attitudes of the wider population. Trapped inside for so long, with only TV, newspapers and social media feeds to go on, and in an atmosphere of pervasive threat, we were all afflicted by cabin fever. I should have remembered that the fever would break. Now that it has, will there be a new mood of clarity? of trying to piece together what has just happened in Scottish politics. I hope so, though there are reasons for concern. Faced with the collapse of illusions, two coping mechanisms have emerged. The first is forgetting. I think many have genuinely forgotten how they behaved at the time. Most in the politics-adjacent professions now claim they always warned of Sturgeon's weaknesses. Her control freakery has been much discussed by journalists and academics who once adored her in the most shameless ways. This is just a placeholder analysis. It's something you say when you have to be seen to distance yourself from Sturgeon's burning old regime, but don't want to delve any deeper. The second is more likely to be displayed by members of the general public, who had picked up the vibes from Sturgeon's stagecraft in her daily press briefings, or by some long-time critics of the SNP leadership. This coping mechanism takes the form of overblown rage. It is the mirror image of the old deference. Sturgeon is seen as the sole cause of everything wrong in Scottish politics. If only she were as she presented herself, rather than a deceiver, then things would be grand. They would not. All we found out during the Scottish wing of the Covid inquiry is what was always apparent by the record. Scotland's pandemic regime was essentially the same as that in England. We should think of it in largely similar terms to the administration by Boris and co down south. Across the UK and far beyond, elites proved callous, incompetent, secretive and detached from any real scrutiny by a public held at arm's length. The special Scottish regime of competence and care never existed. What did exist was an organised deception, rooted in the institutions of Scottish society, 
and which too many of us were too willing to accept. These institutions will not fade into history with Nicola Sturgeon, whose own time is ending without the fanfare she enjoyed so long. Want more like this? Subscribe to Contra Radio on our SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sign up to our regular newsletter at contour.substack.com and find great articles and more at contour.scot. We really rely on listeners like you to help us grow. In return, you get access to exclusive content and events by joining our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash contourscot.com.